0: Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from pregame.com.
1: Pregame.com.
0: Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip.
1: Vegas, baby.
0: With your host, RJ Bell. I saw him on ESPN.
1: Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Northern Colorado versus San Diego State. It's March Madness. It's March Madness. <laughs> I'm about mad for lack it, of You're sleep. about it. a lack of sleep. You. Did you like and why?
0: All right. We're going to go with Northern Colorado, RJ. And let me tell you, this is real simple. This is a game where San Diego State's going to come in here. Even though we're playing in the NCAA, the big dance, they're going to be a little bit flat for this game, and I'll explain why to you. We, this is a scenario that me and you always go head-to-head at. And when I tell you about you know teams coming off a big game and they're going to be flat in the next game, you say, how can they be flat? This is a big game. They're playing for the championship or the March Madness. Well, all we've got to do is go back to last weekend. And it was a very good weekend for me, so it's going to sound self-serving for me, but this was the point. BYU and San Diego State were the two class teams in the Mountain West Conference this year. Friday night, BYU played New Mexico. They only had like four losses on the season or five losses, but two of them was to New Mexico. BYU got their revenge Friday night. They took it to New Mexico. Uh, Jimmer, for that, had a great game, 52 points. And then they moved to Saturday, the championship game. And you would, if we did a video, you'd have been saying, Marco, how can you tell me that BYU is going to be flat because they're playing in a championship game? They were, and I actually was there, watched the game, and there was such fulfillment in getting that monkey off their back against New Mexico. The tables were turned. Let me ask you a question:
1: When you tweeted from the game, you were tweeting about the concessions and not the game itself. Why? Why?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't it. I, I actually, anybody that was smart enough to read between the lines of my tweets, fifteen minutes before tip off, I actually gave out my game of the year on the tweet if you, you read the tweet. But that's rare. I mean, it's hard. You,
1: you don't even tip if the waitress isn't good. So <laughs> the, fact that they, the fact that they got that game of the year, that was a once-in-a-year kind of thing. I,
0: I was feeling pretty good that day. But situation, really, San Diego State only had two losses all year, and both of them were to BYU. They got that monkey off their back. It was a blowout pillar to post. And I can tell you that when the game was over, some of the San Diego State players got in Jimmer Fredette's face. You know, they, they were jawing a little bit as they were going off the court. This is going to be a lackluster performance for me, I believe, on
1: San Diego State. They're going to come out a little flat, little cocky, take this team for All granted. Right. Now, I actually don't disagree with you on that concept. And, and the reason is the line is 15 and a half. So, if now, I would have probably disagreed more on the BYU side, though. I, I don't, I don't, is it that they were flat, or is it that with, after this, this team, the way they are today, really isn't near as good as San Diego State? That's a question, so let me ask you. I mean, watching the game realistically, without it being a self-fulfilling prophecy, so let me define that for you. You get an idea, then you see things, and you try to make though the things you see fit into that concept. Watching the game, were they flat or were they just not as good of a team?
0: They – it was actually a combination of both. They're not the same team since the suspension of, the, of that kid. Jim O'Friedett's got to do too much. And he played 40 minutes on Friday night, played the entire game, never come off the floor and scored 52 points.
1: You can't sustain Okay, that. so that brings up an interesting point. Are we looking to fade BY if they win in game one? Are we – it's a two-day – you know, it's a two-day turnaround with a lot of emotion – Kids aren't used to that. Do we, Because they're thinner, do we look to fade BYU in round two? Well,
0: the difference in this tournament than last week is they do get that day. In yeah, between. but still,
1: it's usually Wednesday, Saturday. This is going to be travel, all the emotion around the tournament, play a game, win, all the emotion around that, and then play within 48 hours. Uh, you, you are, but I just don't think it's going to be as hard to come back. And you've
0: got to look at the game and see how, how much energy you he absolutely carried that team on Friday night on his back. I mean, one of the best performances I've seen an individual college player have.
1: So another factor in their poor performance, what, as you said, was a thinner team with the fatigue night after night after night, which is a key in conference tournament handicapping. You had a great one, 8-2 and two during eight and the two, conference really. tournaments, and VR had a great run. You yeah. guys are really locked in. And, again, historically we've had a great March Madness too, so I'm excited about that. So I guess my point is I could see the flatness because it's not about winning the game. It's do they win by 8 or do they win by 18. Right. So, okay, so Northern Colorado. This is a team that, you know,
0: obviously nobody knows anything about. They're they're in the Big Sky Conference. They won 10 of their last 11 games, and this is a team that, you know, rolled through the Big Sky. Not only did they win their conference during the regular season, but they took care of business also in the tournament because this is one of those conferences that if you don't win your tournament, don't matter what you did during the regular season, you're not getting there. And what I like about this team is they play defense. And defense is going to keep you in ball games. They held their last four opponents to average 38 and three quarters percent from the field.
1: 38 and three quarter, 38.75. Same difference. Now, how did you get that number? Did I, you have a calculator? Well, of course. So you so you actually added it. Uh, how many times did you check it? I, I'm a one-and-done. <laughs> so, really, the, the odds I left are about 30 I left an opening there for you. you I didn't want to go, go there. <laughs> the author about 30% that's numbers right. Let me give you a hint. You go in Excel, mm-hmm. I just pop an Excel sheet, mm-hmm. then you can put each number there, do the math, but then you can eyeball it after, because with a hand calculator, you don't know the number you just put in. Yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have faith in you and assume that number's right. Trust me, when it comes to numbers, I'm on, the, I'm on the money.
0: Have you ever seen me being off whenever it comes around the end of the month for commission uh, yeah, checks? That's a good point. That's a good, well,
1: you, you certainly are never short. Sure, let's just say that. Okay, so I actually, you know, I'm starting to, any other thoughts before I make my decision? This
0: is a game that I expect to be played in the 60s, and again, when you're looking at playing a game in the 60s and we're looking at a spread of this number, uh, i got to grab the dog. And let me say this, we're going to have a video later And I'm saying how San Diego State's going to have a flat spot. You're going to be surprised in our later video when we talk about some future bets. But in this game, they're going to get a little bit of a scare. San Diego State will win the game, but they're not going to
1: cover. I have them winning the game 68-60. All right, official projection. Let me pose something to you because I think it's interesting in the tournaments. What do you think about taking dogs in the first half? Because the theory is, that you often see a situation where there's nine minutes left and the score is like 14-11. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it, it, the shooting. Remember, one of the keys is 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 in the NCAA's that shooting backgrounds are oftentimes really troublesome. So outside shooting teams have a disadvantage. And additionally, it takes a while. In the first game, remember, you're playing two games in the same place. The first game, that first half, is the first time you're playing in an unfamiliar, likely, and and unfriendly shooting environment, which means points will be at more of a premium if it's tougher to score. Thus, the idea of getting plus, you know, I'm guessing what, plus nine maybe in the first half, plus eight and a half? Right. Do you like that maybe a little bit better? You
0: know, what you're saying in principle definitely makes sense. Uh, you know, you're definitely the depth perception act because you're in such a bigger arena for these. cavernous, I've heard know,
1: people call
0: it. I'm th- I can't help it, but, I, you know, at this time of the year, they always play it on, you know, the movie channels and that, but the movie Hoosiers, oh, and, yeah. and I can still remember Gene Hackman when they got to the, the championship. major. Yep, <laughs> it's still the, the same, still the same distance. But, uh, yes, that that's a good point. Uh, you know, you see so many of these teams come out, uh, you know, the the dog is energized. You
1: know, let's face it, they're, you know. And let's be honest. As much as San Diego State uh, is off a big win, this it, being a number two seed mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament is, they're not going to sleep on that for long. I think that the chance of them being um, flat in the first half is a lot. If they come in at halftime only up four, the intensity is going to be there in the second Absolutely. half.
0: Absolutely, and my whole premise is they're going to come out flat, so that would you know concur with the first half wager. Wow! So really, you're saying I've convinced you to change? Well, I, I'm still taking I'm still taking Northern Colorado for the game, but what
1: with my theory and your theory
0: combined, you know that's a nice hedge bet as well. So
1: here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to I'm going to not I'm going to be neutral on your bat, but I'm going to get my own bat. And take them in the first half. See? Or Northern Colorado in the first half. So if you win that, do I get like an assist? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. All right. right. (laughs) It's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we'll be breaking down a big game. Tom Izzo, Michigan State versus UCLA. Michigan State, UCLA. This is March Madness. Marco, who do you like and why? Well...
0: I'm going with Michigan State, and, R.J., i got to be honest with you. If you would have asked me three weeks ago about this Michigan State team, they had no shot at me even making the tournament. But, you know, once again, they made the late run, and Tom Izzo got them in here, and now that they're in here, you know, they're like everybody else. Everybody's starting zero and zero. You know, you're working your way to get in there. And Tom Izzo, to me, has got to be regarded as one of the best uh, tournament coaches in all of basketball.
1: There's no question about it. Andy. I agree. So who do you like? I like Michigan State. So let's talk about coaching for a second. Because nice about these videos, we can talk some macro theory. I believe coaching is one of the key factors in the tournament because it's unlike any other game. It's unlike any other animal, as they say. And your experience there, I mean, imagine going to Coach K against a second-year coach. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's It's a mismatch during the regular season, but I think it's double the mismatch during the tournament. Now, unfortunately, I highly respect the UCLA coach. Now, you're pretty familiar with him. He was at Pitt.
0: Yeah, Ben Howland, and one of the problems and and one of the reasons that I'm going against uh, UCLA in this game is UCLA had a great season, but the last three games of the season, they they really fell apart, and this is something that really concerns me, and it's something nothing new to Ben Howland. He is a guy that preaches defense first, and offense seems to come second and this team the last three games shot under forty percent from the field
1: now here's the thing isn't shooting something that just has a natural variance remember one of the things vr talked about in his video on halftime betting which a lot of people have enjoyed is that if you have a team shooting significantly under their season average and a team shooting significantly over That there's a you know to use the the statistical term uh, there's typically a regression to the mean in the second half. If UCLA shoots bad, isn't that just fluky? And thus you should toss it out like in the NFL if a team has a lot of turnovers. With what VR was referencing, talking about you're talking about that game, the intracard, yes, sure.
0: We're talking here. This is you know. Fool me once, fool me twice. I mean, this is three straight games that this team's but shot these, bad. These guys just quit being able to shoot. Well,
1: you know, teams go in slumps. Let me tell you, I've not shot. I've shot basketball five times in the last two years, and I'd be a ten thousand. I'd be a minus ten thousand in a game of horse against you. Oh my God! Yeah. But you know. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I say that with a smile. But really, is three games enough to worry you about the shooting? That's where a trend starts. I mean, you, you know, where do, where do you,
0: where do you look? Where do you say that this is not just a trend? That this is now a, a distinct pattern and a problem. And to me, they're not going into the tournament on the right foot.
1: No, and, I agree with that. But maybe, But you could make the case because they shot bad for three games; they're undervalued. You could make that, but... Uh, Vegas, right, so so I, we've got the UCLA
0: shooting bad. We've got Michigan State's hot. We're, and another thing that I like to look at at this time of the year is, you know, you've got a situation where everybody has their brackets, and you've got the Vegas line. Mm-hmm. You've got the seeding. So you've got the NCAA committee telling you, this team's better than this team based on seeding, mm-hmm. but you have Vegas that gives you a point spread, and, and a lot of times we'll have a different... Uh, opinion. This is one of those games because we have a seven seed versus a ten seed and the ten seed is favored in this game over the seven seed. And I know I'm probably one of the few handicappers and I think it's one of the reasons that I've been so successful over the years. Well, thank you. The humility, we appreciate that. I, I think it's one of the keys because I actually respect the Vegas line makers a lot more than most people do. And I know you have to be cocky and say, I'm better than the Las Vegas lines makers, but I do give them a lot of respect, and it hel- it helps influence how I make a lot of my plays. So,
1: so let's think about this. There is an objective number, the seed, mm-hmm. which tells you clearly who the better team is in the eyes of the committee. Correct. All right. You've got a number where Vegas is telling you that the other team, the, 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 the worst seed, is better. Mm-hmm. This feels very analogous to what happens, and I've heard uh, different systems based around this, when you have a ranked team against an unranked team, two objective numbers, there's a ranking, but because the ranked team's on the road, they're the underdog. Mm -hmm. The theory is the bookies know that they can put out a number a little bit shorter, just so the lower seed is the favorite is enough. Mm -hmm. Even if they thought Michigan State should be three and a half, they would put it out at one, one and a half, because it's enough. It's the it's it's it, anyone that's going to go by the seeds is going to take the points. Right. So I tend to like that, though I don't like this game as much because I just respect I, I respect UCLA too much. I like that theory. And do you know offhand how many um, lower seeds are favored?
0: Um, I haven't. I don't have the numbers on all of them. I just did the games that we did. For all the right. Show. So I
1: like it. I like that. Continue.
0: And this is a situation where Michigan State, and, and again, if you've got a, a team of UCLA that's not shooting well, and the style and tempo that this game's going to be played at, it's going to be played slow, slow, and slower. Both guys like to play a you know, slower style. There's not going to be many possessions. You know, I like that favors to me Michigan State. The Big Ten seems to have more of those lower scoring games mm-hmm. than, than UCLA Uh, in the Pac-10, and I think that's going to frustrate a team that's not shooting well. So I think it just sets up well for Michigan State. It was your official projection. I've got Michigan State winning this game 65-60, and Tom Izzo doing the magic and moving on to the next round. All
1: right, I'm going to go neutral on this. I, I like one of your concepts, as I said. I, I really lament that we're having to burn two great coaches in this game because I really think you can make money in the tournament just betting coaches. you're burning two great ones in this case i 'm going to go neutral. We got a minute. How did we do last week? Last week, uh, the show that we did live here, we had uh, two videos. Uh, so now, now I can predict this because I can just tell by the way you're prefacing it. You didn't do great there, but you did good with your little home we, video, we, your we, home webcam. Go ahead. We did one and
0: one on the show, and nah. you were no, neutral on both games. You, you know. So, so I saved. With... So those who listen
1: to me, save the Jews. <laughs> right? Is there any scenario? It's going to ever make well, you I'm not when, look good. When I'm, when I, when I'm doing... I'm going to look into the camera, guys. When I'm <laughs> helping you like this, okay, that you, what was it, about three seconds it took you to get to that camera, Dustin? Oh. <laughs> I think he's fading on it. All right, if I do anything to help you guys, I'm going to let it be known. And if Marco doesn't like that, then that's tough Tough noggies on Marco. Well, then, guys, put the camera on me, Dustin. <laughs> From those poor little home
0: videos, you know, in my office at home, I gave you guys two out of three. So you not only, you know, you, you made a profit, you know. For sure. You know, not just saved the I juice. Probably, I probably
1: guy. would have been on the two winners and would have been neutral on the other I'm way. sure you would have been. You might have been on the opposite side of the one loser, I'm sure. Well, was it real quick? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. It's your turn to continue the conversation, the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, is it your best bet? Best bet. we got Marco's best bet of the week on video. See you then. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Florida State, Texas A&M, this is Marco's video best bet of the week. Who do you like and why?
0: Well, this is going to be almost a repeat of our earlier video. We got a number seven seed versus a ten seed, and I'm taking the ten seed again, Florida State. This is a team I think is underrated by the committee, the even Vegas as well. Uh, Texas A&M, Power Conference. Everybody loves the Big Twelve. Uh, I just don't think this team's as good as people think they are. They were only two and three down the stretch, and the two wins were Texas Tech, who was horrible this year in Missouri, who limped home the second half of the season.
1: Now, Sack Lawson actually helped me. Uh, we, we've gotten a ton of press this week. Colin Coward mentioned us. We were in Tuesday's USA Today print edition. I just uh, got off ESPN Los Angeles. Uh, but actually Fox, knew, or Fox Sports promoted us too, and Sack helped me out on some game handicapping. He actually likes Missouri as the best double-digit seed to get into the Sweet Sixteen. Well, Missouri is a
0: team that you which know, doesn't change your no, point, but, but I, I you know I can agree with the Missouri. I mean, this is a team that had a ton of talent, and was very good early in the season, and underachieved. And they get hot a couple games. They have the talent to move on.
1: So let me quickly reiter- reiterate your theory about the lower seeds. Is we've got an objective measure of ta- of quality, the seed. The line says, hey, this game's pick em, so you can get the better team without having to lay points. That's going to appeal to a lot of people, and thus the bookies know that. So even if they thought Florida State should be minus 2.5 or something, they wouldn't put it out that way. It's enough for, to, to put it out a pick to probably get even more uh, money on Texas A&M. Okay. In Florida State, you know, they're in the ACC, great conference. But really,
0: when you look at the ACC, people look at Duke and they look at North Carolina, and you know they're not looking at the other teams. Where this Big Twelve? Do you comp- think Duke's overrated? I do. because
1: right, I kind of do too.
0: And when we, uh, you know, just to give a teaser to a video, where, you know, the next video we're going to do, we're going to give our futures bet to win the championship, and you know, I'm going to touch upon that. Why I think the team I'm taking uh, is my dark horse? Why? Because I do believe Duke is overrated.
1: All right, I kind of do too. All right, so let me see what I've heard so far. We've got the seating thing. I agree 100%. percent we got, you think A&M, Limp home. Florida State, you're just saying generally is underrated. Can you give us more on that? Well, Florida State, uh, they won five of their last eight games.
0: Two of the three losses were by two points or less. I mean, this is a team that plays good fundamental basketball. They like to play a slower temple a tempo, I always say temple, but a slower tempo. Temple
1: used to be slow paced. Well, they still are. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: But this is a situation. Good defense, can play slow. I think that frustrates a Texas A&M team that in the Big 12 would rather play a little more open court.
1: Okay, I like that because uh, one of our favorite posters, Steve Beeve, uh, did a post in saying the ability to play in a grinder type slow game is one of the keys in the tournament and you think it vanished Florida State. Absolutely. And the other thing is when we talked
0: about the line on this game, one thing that I saw on this line, when this line opened up, it had opened up pick and uh, minus one, and then immediately early, the early first bat action I saw moved to Florida State minus one, and it has since come back to pick. But that first move, we've so always talked sharp, about. you're saying the
1: sharp move was on Florida State, public in A&M. Yep. All right, well, that, I, you know, all right. You Uh-oh. might be doing okay here. Uh-oh. Anything
0: before you give your projection? That's what I've got in this game. I've got Florida State 71. Now look in the camera and do a proud. Florida State, 71-63. that was Mike Warren on <laughs> Wow. Give I him an 800 number. <laughs> I like him. This is my best bet of the week for the tournament, 71-63, Florida State.
1: It's getting the R.J. stamp of approval, baby. Wow. Stamp uh- it. I am going to sleep good tonight, sir. All right, let's give away a little uh, coupon. A little boys. coupon. We're going to go. Well, it's
0: March Madness, right? That's so what I heard. It is madness ten, all one word, madness. The number ten, you get ten dollars off. You put that in coupon. So 100. at the
1: shopping cart, shopping you cart. Decide what you want at the shopping cart. Ten bucks off. Right. So you can get a fifteen dollar pick for five bucks. You can, and, and then win it, hundreds.
0: Win hundreds more if you bet more.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. But <laughs> if, you're, if you're scrounging around for the $10, you're probably not betting much more. Probably not. Well, hey, Well Or you could say that's why I am betting two dimes is because I do worry about those $10. This and that's why tip. we pride ourselves on being the lowest-priced pick seller that has this level of content. And I'm proud of that. Let me ask you a question. Another thing Sach said, this is off-subject, but I want to get you now. This is our last video on specific games this mm-hmm. week. Now, you're coming in Friday, so look at a, a we'll look at the Saturday games because we'll have the results from Thursday. All right, so we're going to look at the Saturday games Friday. That's awesome. You'll be doing webcams on Sunday yes. or oh, webcam on I'll Sunday. I'll do something on uh, and that's Sunday. that's all pregame.tv. Now, so let's think about this a second. Um, here's my question. Do you think that pressing teams that are bigger underdogs are, have a better chance of winning the game? And the theory is simple. A a pressing team that shoots threes especially, it's a high-variance result. The better team might run them out of the gym, Mm -hmm. but they could get hot, get six or seven extra turnovers, make four or five extra threes, and all of a sudden they win the game. When you look at your brackets, do you consider that factor, pressing teams that can shoot threes, as one of the things that incline you towards a certain team? It's definitely a factor,
0: but a factor I like better is I think a team that plays extremely slow has a better, sh- a better chance of affecting the game because they can frustrate the, the heck out of the, another team, a team that likes to move the ball. And if they can get that team into their style of game and they can maintain and keep it a, a close score or slightly have the lead, they control that game. and it, it just really Do you frustrate. still
1: have your 1985 Princeton
0: T-shirt? <laughs> Eight. Coach uh, C- Carol,
1: and, you know, pass, 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 back door. It's there. <laughs> All right, it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be hearing Marco's future bet of the year for free right here. See you then. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Future bets, NCAA tournament before the first tip-off. We're going to hear who Marco got his Stromboli on. <laughs> well, I'm going to actually give Capicola. What's br- your favorite Italian meat? Prosciutto. Prosciutto. Now it, that's not too rich for you. Do you have a whole sandwich oh, of yeah. prosciutto, or do you just uh, do you accent it? I, I like to use it with melons, and you know, just you know, put it. Because you're on. a health nut.
0: And the, fruit, the fruit's key. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, That's for sure. All right, so you're giving us two future we're bets. Giving, we're going to go one on each side of the bracket because, you know, obviously two teams got to play for oh, the championship. How,
1: how excited would you be if they're facing each other?
0: I would be ecstatic, and I would be calling you every minute. I'm telling you, I got the winner of the championship game. <laughs> All right, so give us your first. All right, we're going to go with my top pick and the most logical pick. And I know, and I'm going to preface this right out of the gate, not – a homer pick. I'm going to tell you why I like them. I like the Pit Panthers and they're the 4th seed according to the mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, the committee. I think they have the easiest road to the final four of of the teams and I'm going to tell you first what's off, the payoff right now? Right now, I got down at the M here in town, it's 7 to 1 on uh, Pit to win it all. This team I think the best thing that could have happened to them was losing the first game of the Big East tournament. And the Big East tournament is, to me, you know, it's such a grueling tournament. I think, and I've said it numerous times, I believe the Big East is the best conference in college basketball, but it is also one of the most physical conferences. These teams beat up on one another every night. And Pitt, to make that early exit, they're going to be fresh, focused, good week of...
1: Practice. I agree. So let's talk about this, because I believe this is, we talked in a, a prior video, coaching is one of the keys in March Madness. I think the way that the teams played in the conference tournaments is one of the top keys also. And here's an example, Connecticut versus Pitt, yeah. two sides of the, uh, you know, opposite sides of the same coin. Pitt loses the game. What happens? The public qu- starts to question them. Mm-hmm. The team starts to feel like, geez, we have to redeem ourselves. And three, they get rested. So there's value, motivation, and rest. Now, what's, the ob- what's Connecticut? Connecticut, fatigue. And don't forget, these kids play two games a week. Mm-hmm. They played five games in five days. Fatigue. Two, you think they're super focused? It's like, hey, we knew we were this good. We turned it on. Yeah. And lastly, fatigue. Or I'm sorry, I think I said fatigue first. Mm-hmm. Lastly, public perception. How much higher is the public right now on Connecticut than they were before? So I think if all you do is, is bet the good teams that lost in the first round of their tournament and fade the average. Now, I don't, if a team's really good, like a Duke, I don't think you're so quick to fade them just because they, they know how to handle success. Mm-hmm. But if you find a, a a non-elite team that wins a key conference tournament, fade them, and play on the pits of the world, the good teams that lose in the first round, I think you're above 55%. I can tell you this firsthand from everybody I talked to back
0: in Pittsburgh. There was nobody really hanging their head that they lost that first round game. So I, I, this team's in a good frame of mind. I can tell you this. I believe firmly this is the best Pitt team in the Jamie Dixon era. They're the complete team. They play great defense. they super rebounding team. They have one thing that they lacked in some of the other years was that big outside guy to go to that can knock down the three. They have that this year in Aston Gibbs. And the one thing that Pitt did this year that really makes me uh, confident in them to make a deep run is when their star player Gibbs was hurt. Two key games on the road without him, they managed to win at West Virginia and at Villanova in the same week. Now, what's your record on Pittsburgh teams? Pittsburgh teams this year, I'm sixteen and nine, uh, going back football and basketball combined. Uh, last year, we were forty-nine and
1: twenty-two. Uh, so it's like sixty-six percent. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. You, you got connections. You got true inside information. I think there's value. Now, they're the fourth number one seed based upon uh, the payouts, too. Now, here's what's interesting. I've been talking about this uh, a lot in the media. If I tell you you could have all the number one seeds or you could have every other team in the tournament, who would you want?
0: I think the math's going to come out about 50-50. It is.
1: It is. Who do you want? Um, I'll, I'll take the number one seed this time. It's funny. It's like literally 13 and 1 on the number one seeds. I've asked this to every radio host I've, I've uh, interviewed with. So, I, you know, it's funny because it seems like the whole talk was who's number one. Like, a lot of people think of San Diego State should have, I, I mean, before they had a loss or two, and then even BYU not too long before that. I, I mean, who really, what surprised me was San Diego State was the fifth favorite. Uh, they are here, too. And then you've got North Carolina, Florida, Purdue. I mean, Texas. Who else do you really think? Well, maybe the way to answer that question is let's go to your other bracket. Well, my other bracket is, and you just said it, the fifth favorite,
0: San Diego State. And really? I I think there are dark. This this is a team that's undefeated except against BYU. I mean, they've lost to nobody. Now, I know they play in the Mountain West Conference, and everybody's going to say, well, the Mountain West Conference is not a good conference. There's good teams there, and this team has done everything asked of them. And what I like about this team is they're fun. You know, again, to use that phrase, fundamentally sound. They've got a good outside game. They play defense, one of the better defensive teams in the country. They put the clamps down on you. I think they can make a run, and I really think the bracket that they're in you know they're in the Duke bracket. I think Duke's overrated. Uh, the ACC. Who's so t- the third seed in that bracket? The third seed in that bracket is Connecticut, and oh, I see think now Conne- I like that. I think Connecticut. They're overrated. That's the other. Connecticut's overrated, but I think Connecticut's. You know they're going to run out of gas. The the Big East tournament is going to have taken too much out of them to go the distance. Um, that's why I like San Diego State to come out of this region, and I'll take my chance if they. You know if they if everything goes according to the seeds. They would meet Ohio State, in a, you know the Final Four. I think they can beat Ohio State.
1: You'd be eating steak. What's that steak called that they they pan fry in oil that you like so much? The. Uh, Don't they put a slice of ham on it? Oh, I'd like I like
0: veal salt it. and saltimbocca. Veal yeah. salt saltimbocca. Okay, well,
1: uh, uh, queso, quesadilla amore. What? That's the dish. Oh up no, on that's. Trot? They want
0: no. That is the uh, they. Put seasoned breadcrumbs on the New York strip. So they bread the New York strip. Yes. Sir.
1: So if it's San Diego State versus Pitt, Pitt, you're um, eating a little breaded, deep fried steak. Let me tell you, I eat good no matter what. The, who's playing? So or what it doesn't sport, affect you. Doesn't you don't matter. lose your appetite after like an O for three night. Maybe for about 15 minutes. 15? They have because, to let, let that sit for a while. Yeah, right? yeah. and then it's like 10 yeah. minutes later. Hey, bring that in yeah. there. I'll just, you know, I'll have an extra appetizer just to get through the, the depression of the 0-3. Because <laughs> really, if you're, you know, if you're winning, you eat to celebrate. And if you're losing, you eat for solace. There you go. All right. Do you live to eat or do you eat to live? Both. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Too much of one, actually. <laughs> okay, so let's think about this. I find it interesting that you are thinking about the bracket so much. I think it's sharp because, really, if we would have had a conversation an hour before Selection Sunday, Mm -hmm. you would have said you probably wouldn't have been as high on San Diego State. You would have said, yeah, good team, whatever. But now you say, I think Duke's overrated. And I think that Connecticut's overrated. Now, all of a sudden, that affects your future. A good future is a good bet. Absolutely. You have to look at it. And, you know,
0: to go to the other side of the coin, back to the pit one, you know, Kansas is in, you know, the other top seed uh, on their side of the bracket. I think Kansas, you know, is a good team, but I don't think they're invincible. And there's a team I think you're going to be talking about that's in their region that's going to give them a battle.
1: Now, so let, let, listen. I don't handicap college basketball near as well as the or near as intently as the pros do. You're, mm-hmm. you're one of them. I'm going to pass on. Uh, you know, I, ta- I I pride myself on talking to the best batters I can here in town, even the guys that don't want to sell. And I'm here in Notre Dame. You know, and and I saw twenty-two to one. What are you seeing? Uh,
0: Notre Dame twenty-five to one at the
1: Okay, so to me when I think about that, is now you're getting a payoff. And it strikes me that that I don't have a ton to add other than passing that along. So let me ask you, what do you think?
0: Notre Dame is a very good ball club. Notre Dame... It came down to that fourth seed, in my opinion, was going to be Pitt or Notre Dame. There was a lot of speculation that when Pitt did make the exit in the first round, that it left the door open for Notre Dame. And I think if Notre Dame would have beat Louisville, just won one game and went one more game, it would have flip flopped and they would have got that
1: number one seed. So how many count? How many teams are ahead of them? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So they're the eleventh team on the favor, but they're a two seed. Yeah. So really, Vegas is saying we we don't think this team's underrated. We think they're overrated to get a two seed. And you're saying they might have been one of the better two seeds. Yes, absolutely. So what's Vegas now for a guy that respects the line? What's Vegas and Notre Dame's a marquee team with a huge following. They are,
0: the the situate, Notre Dame they're the marquee team, but they don't carry the weight in basketball that they carry in football as far yeah, as Yeah, you got a lot of alum though. You you do have a lot of alum, but on the flip side of that. There is a lot of love for this Kansas team, and I disagree with what people... I just don't think Kansas is as good as they, you know, than their ranking. Uh, they've played a great. You know, they've only got two losses on the no, season. I hear, I hear But I don't think the Big 12 in general was as strong as, as past Big 12 additions. You, you have a little more insight, you know, with some of your
1: connections in the Big 12. Uh, I just don't think it was a solid, solid year this year. Back to coaching, though, is uh South can coach, so... All right, it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, I'm going to be doing a video where I break down my bracket tips. We've got 26 years of history. Don't miss it.